The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my friend and co-host, Roger. And uh, we're here uh, for another episode to tackle, uh, really, this time a, a, an important, a lot of times I think they're important issues, but a pretty serious uh, topic this time that um, I think merits a, a, an episode, maybe more down the road as well. Um, but in, in preparation for thinking through this topic, I, I just wanted to lay it out there uh, for our audience to know why this is an important topic and and what we want to discuss. So um, from the scriptures, from the Bible, we know what the family is meant to be like. Uh, the, the family unit, mother, father, and out of their union, children, if uh, God so desires. But Roger, we also know that every family has its issues. Uh, and many families today deal with divorce. On this episode, our hope is to discuss from a pretty personal perspective mm-hmm. how divorce can impact the family, family members, community, and even future marriages. So there's a lot really to take in and to think about, um, and one that I know is is personal for you. So Roger, can you give us a bit of background as to your own personal upbringing and why this topic is so uh, important to you? Yeah, this is personal because that was the story of my family, the brokenness of divorce at a very early age. Uh, For most of my life, I actually thought my parents got divorced when I was 12 years old. I Mm. don't know why I had thought that or who had told me that, but I had thought that up until probably about 10 years ago when I had found some documents. I was looking through some old documents and I actually found the divorce paperwork. And all of what the divorce lawyer said would be separated between others. And I looked at the year, and it said the year. And I'm like, I was not 12. I was 8 years old. Oh, wow. So I thought about that, and it just struck me like, wow, that really just changed my perspective on things. Because I I also, um, Mm -hmm. growing up, um, or I talked to my wife about this, I have very little memory up until probably I was 18 years old, 16, 18. Wow. Very little memory. And this struck me the most when I was hiking with my brother two years ago. And we were talking and about growing old, up. Older brother? My oldest brother. Okay. So he's eight years older than okay. me. And we were talking about family and just going back into history. Yeah. And I was telling him this. I said, I don't really have many memories. And I don't remember anything good. And he's like, you don't remember every Friday night was mom would come home and bring pizza. I'm like, she did. Oh, wow. I, I don't remember one of those. So when I look back at, at all of that happened, so there was a lot of, uh, I'll call it trauma. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of screaming. There was mm-hmm. a lot of words being spoken. I remember events, small memories of when somebody came over, a family friend, and said, let's just go out. I'll take you out and um, get out of this house for a little while. <laughs> And I told my brother that he remembered that, but I don't remember 
any, or I, I should say, I remember very little good wow. in growing up. So when my parents split up, uh, my mom was a single mom with three boys. Mm. I was eight. My brother was 12 or my mid, the middle was 12. The older would have been 16 at that point. My dad lived in the city, so he would see us once a week. Okay. And uh, I would go see him every Saturday. Um, and I had a great relationship with my dad. I loved him. Okay. Um, he passed away over 20 years ago now. Mm. I can't believe it's been that long. Wow. I'm not that old. So, no, it, it did happen <laughs> early when in my yeah. very early 20s uh, when that occurred. But growing up, like I said, I don't have many memories. So I can't tell you one family dinner we had. Wow. I can't tell you one event where we went somewhere where it was enjoyable. Mm. There are pictures, but I don't know anything about the event. And I don't know. I saw a picture of even swimming and different things. I don't recall. It's all been blacked out of my mind. That was one of the effects I look back and I tell my wife this. And honestly, you're probably laughing at me, but I, I, this was normal for me. And, and I was telling her, I don't remember anything. And, yeah. and I don't have, and, and she was struck. She's like, well, you don't. Like, she remembers things from her childhood. Sure, and sure. Bad, but they, most of them, like, I can give you maybe a dozen events, and most of them are pretty bad. Wow. Not, nothing good. So that was one of the, the effects that had happened to me. But in my family growing up, yeah, my, they uh, divorced at eight. It was ugly, mm-hmm. and it was ugly after that. Um um, my mom and dad were pretty upset at each other and they used us and, and, and I'm not b- mm-hmm. putting blame on them, but they were both hurt. So yeah. my dad would talk bad about my mom and my mom would do the same about my dad. They wow. tried not to, but it just came out of their hearts. Yeah. So each of them gave me a perspective and it, yeah, it was hard to deal with. Did either or both remarry? No, no. Okay. Um, my dad had somebody who used to come by and my mom would say it was his girlfriend and yeah. I don't know the relationship. I was so young. Okay. Um, and then when I got older, I moved away. Um, but this lady used to come by and she had a kid and he would watch their kids. It's small little boys. She was a single mom. Um, and then my dad would accuse my mom of being with somebody, mm. but neither of them remarried. My dad okay. actually had a first marriage. Oh, okay. When he moved to, he immigrated to the States. Uh, he had married uh, a lady here and that didn't last very long. So okay. it was generations of divorce in the family. Mm. And this has been the case in a majority of my family. Wow. Uh, immediate and extended. There are very few marriages still left intact um, yeah. around. So so you've, you've experienced divorce both as being... Um, in a family that was broken when you were a, a child, but also you've seen family members go through divorces. Yes. Yep. And so you, you've got kind of a, a perspective, I think that would be, you know, really uh, helpful to some. And, you know, a few things I want to throw out there. Number one, divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Correct. I want people to know that because I think that unfortunately in certain circles, it does feel that way. Yep. Um, and the brokenness that comes from divorce is not something that cannot be overcome mm-hmm. by Christ. And so I've the only perspective that I have um, about divorce kind of comes from counseling marriages and premarital counseling and postmarital. And yeah. so 
in um, in some of the premarital counseling, I've noticed that there's a real fear and a kind of this trepidation in folks who come from broken homes. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a stigma that, oh, if you come from a broken home, then you're going to have a broken home, yep. which I think is so wrong. And so I just want our listeners from the get-go to realize, hey, look, it's not the unpardonable sin, and it's also not something that must um, uh, damage the rest of your life nor the marriages that you, the marriage you may be in, you know. Mm-hmm. So w- with that, though, let me let me walk through some questions with you. One of the things that was that came to mind as I was thinking about this topic and what I want to ask, um, how do you think having dealt with a broken home has impacted your view of God? Okay. And, and maybe think of it in categories like this first, before you came to Christ, kind of did it, did you have a view of God? How could you let me, my family be like this? Or, you know, what, what was your view of God before you came to know Christ since you've come to Christ? And then maybe if you can touch on it since you've been married, Mm -hmm. has it impacted your thinking? So, yeah, so I wasn't a believer until I was about 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, we went to the Catholic church here or there. I hated going to it. I was dragged to it by my parents. Yeah. My dad, it was something to spend time with him, but I wasn't in it. So all of us boys, and we talk about, you know, I've talked about it with my brothers. We all responded differently and we all went our own ways and we had our own sin. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't cause sin, but we looked for outlets to mm-hmm. deal with, with, with not having the Lord in our lives. Mm-hmm. So you deal with, when you don't have the Lord, you look for things to try to medicate the pain, to mm. comfort you, to help you through things. So we are all shaped by that. So when I came to know the Lord um, and the Lord opened up my heart, it was, it was hope. Um, and at that point, I was uh, in college. I was mm. living with my mom. We had a rocky relationship uh, for a while until mm. the Lord started to heal that mm. Um when, when I became a believer, but my view and, and even coming into it was, I knew nothing. And like, when I first became a believer, I went, <laughs> I went to a Bible study at church. I was invited. I'm like, I'll go. You know, I didn't yeah. know anything. And there was this couple there and they had two little kids and they liked each other. Wow. Like, wow. You guys like each other. You don't hate each other. Like my view of marriage was you're just going to get divorced. Like why get married? I, I didn't really have a concept of wanting it because I thought, no way, after all I've seen this, it's, it's miserable. You know, there was nothing wow. joyful about it. I had never seen a happy couple before. I'd seen family married, but but there was nothing like, there was joy. They actually, like, smiled at each other. Yeah. This is weird. Like, what is it? And so I got to know them. And then I was in seminary and seeing all these solid families and started to learn. So when I came into it, I thought there's, there's two extremes. There's one of, I will not repeat the mistakes and I am now going to do it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other extreme of no hope. This is not going to work. It's just going to repeat the same mistakes. Yeah. Now we're shaped by where we come from. Yeah. We're shaped by the thinking and the thoughts and and all of that but that's not defining of us it doesn't right. define who we are it's not our identity in christ and so when i went into it um i did you know we did the premarital counseling mm-hmm. i read every marriage book i can read <laughs> yeah. talking to friends and and most of my friends were 
from broken <clears throat> homes, even in the church, a lot of my friends yeah, were from sure. broken homes. And so, um, it was the desire of, I don't want to repeat and I want to change the trajectory yep. only by God's grace. If he permits, that yeah. was always our hope was we, we can't change the past, but yeah. God can work and God can change the future. So, yeah, yeah it, it's so interesting, Roger, to even hear you say, Hey, a lot, most of my friends or a lot of my friends came from broken homes in the church as well. And that kind of thing, because, and just, this is the, you know, for our listening audience to see the, <laughs> The difference in yeah. the way there are so many differences in in believers, and we've got to try to understand where the others are coming from, so that we can love each other well. Mm-hmm. But I come from a home where my parents have been married for fifty five years <laughs> and going strong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember almost only the happy things, mm-hmm. you know, in my childhood, and and I and I feel like my view of God as Father was shaped by looking at my parents, looking at my my dad, both both dad and mom, and so it's so interesting for me to kind of hear your perspective and see that, you know, you're thinking marriage just can't be happy. Um, why would anyone get married? And, you know, those, those thoughts, because in my mind, it, you know, I, I had a, a, all around me for the most part, you know, whether it's, you know, grandparents on one side and uncles and aunts and others, just for the most part and then the church I grew up in it seemed like good and happy marriages, many of them that are yeah. still going strong now. And, um, and it's just it's helpful to even hear sometimes mm-hmm. another perspective and um, be able to minister to each other in that way. Mm-hmm. So, okay, did your you know now now that I've laid that out there, here's another question: um, Does your background and coming from a broken home, or did it or does it ever cause you to look at other families with envy? And when you looked at other families, what is it that you most desired from what you were seeing? Did you envy other families when you were, you know, before Christ, you're looking out and, and what was it that was envious or that you, that you were envious of? Not really, um, that I can think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the neighbor's kids, they were married, but you know what I saw, even when I was younger, I saw rocky marriages. Like I remember the neighbor's kids and I remember hearing, hmm. oh yeah, they get, they get beaten. Oh, wow. a lot of physical abuse in that family's household and this screaming when mm. I was over there. So it was so normal to have dysfunction. Yeah. There was nothing good to envy. There was nobody I looked wow. around and said, you know, I wish I could be part of a happy family because there wasn't any examples around me that I can think of. Maybe the neighbor's kids, I mean, they seemed to like each other, but even there mm. he was rough. I think he drank too much. And I remember it's just slight memories of something just wasn't right there. Although they still are married today, um, I've seen some things. I lost contact over the years, yeah. but there was yeah, there wasn't anything to envy. Wow. Other than I hope their dysfunction is a little less. Like if they have more dysfunction, I feel better about myself. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man, but it's interesting because I've talked to a number of uh, couples that have been counseling them getting ready to be married, and and um, one of them I was trying to remember exactly how he put it, but one was just saying I I I watched, you know, dads that were gentle with their kids, or I watched mom and dad that talked to each other in a loving, encouraging way, and and I was jealous of that, and I wanted that for myself. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a guy I was counseling who was he explained a lot of his background, and he said that is why I will never be like that. Yeah. 
you know. Um, and I, I find that as kind of these two poles. You get some that even though they, they acknowledge the bad that was their upbringing, it's like their default position and they act just like what they've described to me. Yes, and that's what happens. So you don't want to be like that. You want to be so different. Yeah. But because you've been shaped by it, you can't just shake it off. Yeah. You become like what you want to avoid well, at times. So let's talk about that. So someone's hearing us say this and they're yeah. going, whoa, how do I escape that cycle? Yeah. Right? I'm a believer. I've trusted in the Lord. What? How do I break that? Because I see some of those habits. And look, I think we all see habits of the heart from the past. And, yep. you know, I, I know the sins of my parents and, and they're wonderful, godly people, but they're not perfect. Yeah. Right. And so I see it in my own life sometimes, the reactions, responses, et cetera. Oh, how do we break that cycle? And particularly when you've come from a place of maybe more brokenness, let's say. Yeah. I mean, it's not to be simple, but it's when the gospel starts to break through, mm. uh, expose our hearts and show us hope to be different. That even though what we've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, is a reality of what we had seen, that doesn't have to be who we are. And in Christ, we can be something different. So we may have more of a tendency toward anger. I, mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about that in our family. That was huge. Mm -hmm. Angry at each other. Yeah. Anger just ruled the day. <clears throat> and to say there's anger problems, yeah, it, it comes out differently. Some some are more explosive, some are less. But sure. um, to say now, how am I going to take this back to the cross? How am I going to take this to Christ and say, Christ, I need your, your help. I need to depend on you not to repeat those because it's so normal or maybe habitual to break into it and, and to give some light to say, but you can depend on me and I'm going to help you walk through this by putting you in situations where you have to deal with it head on. Mm. And that's what marriage does to anybody, whether <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> it's broken or not, you're going to deal with yep. your stuff. You just bring in more to it to say, how is the gospel give hope? when all I've seen is, is, uh, pessimism yeah. because the gospel is optimistic and his help and his power is beyond what we can imagine. Amen. Let me, let me, let me th throw something out there. You said, um, you know, believing that you can be different. You don't have to be, you know, stuck in that. And, and let me say this to the believers, right? It's not just believing that you can be different. It's believing that you are different. Yeah. Right? Your identity. Your new identity in Christ. You're a new creation. And so you, it's be who you are in yeah. Christ. And, that, and I think that's what you were referring to, obviously, too. And so this, this, how do we break the habits? Well, we really trust that the Lord breaks the habits. Mm -hmm. we, we entrust ourselves to him. We're grateful for the gospel that's changing us uh, or that has changed us. And that is setting us apart and sanctifying us. And um, yeah. So, okay. Um, what, what were the fears then when you were getting married? You said you read all these books because you're, so what was it that was causing you to, hey, I, I've, I've got to read all these. What are the fears that it brought into marriage with you? I don't know if this is common to most, those who come from broken homes, but there's trust issues. Yeah. The Sounds two like. that were supposed to be the ones to teach you security yeah. has shown you there is no security. Mm. They do their best. My dad was there for everything he could be for. He always tried to be there. Nice. My mom did her best just to try to put food on the table. She was working these odd jobs. I mean, mm. she did all she could. I remember the church actually, evangelical church, I think it was one Christmas. That's where Christmas gifts came from. Oh, wow. 
the weird yeah the weird memory i don't remember all about it but yeah. even they came through anyway um not to get sidetracked but the security yeah of a relationship it's so hard to think about or not to think about but when you've sh- been shaped by a lack of security and then in the closest relationship that security should be growing it should be mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. you have the effects of trusting yeah trusting the best in another person trusting they're not going to give up on you or leave you yeah so for my for how we dealt with it that was very different for each of us boys is um we all were at different stages of life you know my brother was a you know much older than me and they they had friends and different things they uh, handled it with, but for myself, there wasn't much around. There weren't mm. many relationships. So a lot was just internalized was mm. how am I going to deal with life? And I'm just going to figure it out. And I'm okay on my own because I was left on my own. I remember walking home from elementary school. There's nobody home. My mm. brothers are all out. My mom's at work. I came home every day. I remember uh, coming home and it was just an empty home. Ugh. took care of myself going to high school you walk you you know junior high and high school it was just on my own so my default is i'll figure it out i'm okay i'm sufficient in myself mm. if you reject me then i know how to handle it because i'm wow. used to rejection and so that those come up and i'm like okay lord i mean remember i gotta deal with this in my heart this yeah. is my issue this is not my spouse's issue she has to deal with it, unfortunately, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's my heart issue. And I learned, I'm learning that more about myself now that I'm a little older and have my own family and kids mm-hmm. than I did before. I think I ignored a lot of the effects sure. and now I'm realizing, wait a second, this is my default. This is how I normally respond. And this is where it needs to intersect. So anybody coming from the brokenness and, uh, you know, has to understand how they respond because some a relationship has been broken that was supposed to help you understand what love is yeah love human love point you to godly love and how god loves but to teach you somebody's going to be there for you and when it's broken and you're like scared yeah you don't know and you're just left trying to figure it out and and that's so interesting so if you if you've gone through life having to figure it out and having to not rely on anyone but yourself. And then you get into a, a marriage where you know the command is to trust each other. Yes. And to rely on one another and to be open with each other. And there's a oneness that is demanded by the picture of marriage that we have in the scriptures. And I think it would be easy for even a, a Christian man to just default to the self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um but how do you push yourself? What what do you have to go through? What 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 has how has the Lord used others maybe or or scripture what to sanctify you in? Okay, no, I I've got to even though I don't need because I'm yeah. so used to being sufficient, <laughs> right? Um, how do I now open myself to and if spouse is one, but maybe even others, right? Because part of being in the body of Christ together is trusting one another. Yeah, I've had a good friend who walked through life with, and we've talked about these issues, mm. and we've actually had conversations because uh, his wife had come from brokenness in their family okay. later on, but even just how how they dealt with a lot of issues. So we've talked a lot and pushed each other, 
and we push each other to what we know is right, even mm -hmm. though we don't feel it. And yeah. one of them is passivity. It's like that default, I mean, you know, going back to Adam Finn of just that passivity of, okay, just checking out and yeah. not engaging. We'll push each other and say, you know, yeah, you really need to step back into it. You can't default and we mm -hmm. got to keep pursuing and you got to uh, have that. It's that that walking with others that is so hard because relationships are hard yeah. and it's hard to trust people and to know that they're not going to turn and leave that it's a, it, it's just a, a, a thing that's there yeah. that's hard to break and to realize, well, real trust has to be in the Lord anyway. Mm. And even if others let you down, what I've realized is do I, you know, I true, not I truly understand. I understand that the depth in the gospel that God is for me and loves me mm. and assures me because nobody else has. And what I've read in scripture and seen how he's walked with me, I find a lot of security in that, yeah. that he's got me. And that helps because I can live out of that mm. when I don't demand it from others. Yeah. Cause then we can start demanding it. Like we, you know, you owe me that you, yeah. you know, we're, uh, walking together, we're married, and and we can get even disordered in that of, at a human level. So, and that's not just in marriage; that can be in the body of Christ and in other community as well. Yeah, that's yep. a good. Uh, that's really helpful, and it's so interesting. Um, again, so you learned security in Christ from insecurity elsewhere. Yes, and that's that's one way that the Lord can use to draw you into that assurance and security. Yeah. In other ways, like I feel like I've understood security based on the security that I had in my family. Yeah. It's so interesting because one of the things we used to see, we'd see brokenness outside of our home and no matter what, I mean, my parents fought. I mean, all of us do, yeah. you know, um, uh, and there was some yelling and screaming too, mind you, I, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. But, but what was amazing is there was never a moment that was not even, it wasn't on the radar. There was no possibility that they would separate or divorce. Like it just wasn't even a, it wasn't a possibility. And they would assure us of that regularly that look, you know, we, we get in fights sometimes, but we love each other. And before the Lord, we're never going to leave each other. That gave me uh, hope and security in a different way. Yeah. But it's amazing that the Lord used insecurity and this lack of trust and this loneliness really to draw you into a deeper sense of security in him. And it, and it was a lot of the story of how I found faith. Hmm. Or not I found it, but the he Lord found, found me. He found <laughs> me at the lowest point. Yeah. Because it didn't get any better. And before I was saved, it was dark. Yeah. It was find any sin and do anything you wanted. And it was the it was the loneliness. There is nobody. Yeah. And it was the Christian community that showed me something different, but it was really God who showed me something different in in the gospel that that was such a dramatic event for me yeah. to realize I'm loved even in spite of how bad I am right now at this point in <laughs> yeah. my life. I'm yeah. not going to blame God for all that happened, yeah. but I'm a mess. Yeah. And if he can love me, you know how exciting and dramatic that was. I, I still pray Lord, I'll, you know, remind me of those times. I don't want to miss the sweet times of just being excited about the gospel. Yeah. I didn't know it. So when I first discovered it and, and yeah. it made sense, I should say, then it, it just motivated so much more, but it was that brokenness that led to it. And I'm grateful. I would not change my past for a moment. That was God's story. He's writing it however he chooses. 
And by his grace, I want the future to be different and to remain different. Yeah. So that the generation that comes after sees something different because God intervened in this particular way. That's where the hope comes from. Yeah. Doesn't come from. I'm resolving. I'm not going to live like my parents. I'm not going to get divorced. I'm not going to mm-hmm. treat my white, my spouse, like my, my parents treated mm-hmm. each other. Yep. That's all man just trying to, to drop rather. It's okay. I know these temptations I'm going to face because of how I've been shaped, but I'm going to run and depend on Christ. And by his grace, mm-hmm. I'll be able to be different and he can keep a unity that I can't on my own. Amen. And I'll tell you what, Roger, just kind of walking through this with you, even in just this conversation, first of all, it's a good uh, follow-up to our last episode on Providence that we had done because, you know, he wisely and and really, uh, I'm throwing this word in there, beautifully has designed and arranged and governed all things to bring you to this place. The other thing I would say is, man, it should give anyone that's gone through this kind of thing um, who knows Christ hope. We were saying, how do we have hope in these times? Well, look how the Lord has intervened and grown you and shaped you and sanctified you. Um, and, and it can be, and he, he does it <laughs> and he can do it. And, and we, we trust him. So time is, is kind of flying by, but are there any other thoughts, just last kind of summary thoughts that you might want to share with those who come from a place of brokenness or, um, uh, yeah, are dealing with that kind of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a broken family, but just any kind of brokenness, any thoughts that you want to share with them? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think pointing people back to Christ, who is not just our Savior for our sins and for our eternal uh, salvation, but he's our, our Savior here walking with us one day at a time. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. He understands us more than we can understand ourselves and he loves us more than we can imagine (laughs) and it may hurt but he hasn't left and departed and for those who have experienced and been divorced themselves that's not your identity and your marking it doesn't define you amen life on this earth is is hard and there are hard things people go through and this isn't as you even started this isn't the the scarlet letter this isn't the unforgivable sin this is something that can occur, but we should find our hope and our security, our identity back in Christ, who can remake however he chooses in, in our stories. And to realize if you've been through this, you understand a connection to others who have been through it and can comfort in a way mm. like First Corinthians says, when we suffer, we understand how to uh, come alongside those who are suffering. So God can even use that. Amen. And don't 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 uh, minimize his power in the gospel to make and to change and what has been broken and to remake it into something totally different where somebody looks and says, really, that was your history? Mm. Because only you can say, but God yep. intervened. So that's where we find our hope is in the Lord. And so those preparing for marriage who have experienced that, look to the Lord, not to yourself, and don't be scared because in the Lord, he'll walk with you day by day. Amen. What a beautiful statement of hope and a summary of the conversation. Uh, Thanks, Roger, for opening up your life and heart to us, too. This was really 
uh, good and important. I hope yeah. those listening uh, enjoyed, were edified and, and filled. And if you have uh, other thoughts and topics that you'd like us to cover or questions even about what we just talked about now, you can uh, send us correspondence uh, to feedback at rodnstaff.org. And uh, we hope to uh, be back together soon for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.